Hey everyone, welcome to Health Addicts. Remember, this show is just for entertainment purposes only, meaning I'm not your doctor. So if you have questions about anything related to your health, gotta ask your doctor, okay? Otherwise, enjoy the show and enjoy the content. Man, how many carbs are too much carbs? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I even supposed to be taking vitamins? I guess I better listen to The Health Addict Show. Oh yeah, here we go. Welcome everybody to Health Addicts. This is your host Tommy J. And I got a good episode for you today, and I think most of you can relate because just about everyone, I hope, knows what I'm talking about when I say sleep. Because I don't know I don't know if there's a human alive that can actually go without sleeping. I think the most that I've seen or heard of is a few days, but after so many days, your body just can't recover because that's what sleep is. It's your body's chemical response to allow you to recover. You absolutely need sleep. So all you folks trying to avoid sleeping, you got to stop. And for you folks that are having trouble sleeping, we're going to address some of those issues too, and hopefully we can get you back on track for how to get some better sleep. So, first of all, let's talk about sleep and what it is. It's a multi-system process starting in your brain that moves systemically that helps you recover. And what do I mean by multiple systems? I'm talking about the musculoskeletal system, your digestive system, your neurosystem, there's so many different parts of your body that are working together to even get you to sleep. It's a miracle that you even get to sleep because how many things have to work together? I mean, how many times you look at your computer and something's not even working right with your computer? Your body's got so many more processes working to get it to do such an act. So where does actually sleeping start? Well, it starts actually in two spots. First, your hypothalamus, which everyone who's familiar with your AMP, it's pretty much the powerhouse of your brain, the thinking center, the control center that affects a lot of stuff going on. And the other part is your suprachiasmic nucleus. And basically what that is, is a center in your brain that senses light. And I'm sure we all understand it's easier to sleep when it's dark out than it is with light out because your body's natural circadian rhythm tells it to go to sleep. People even with damaged centers of their um, suprachiasmic nucleus have trouble falling asleep or they fall asleep when they don't want to fall asleep almost like a narcoleptic person so these are two important spots in your brain for helping you fall asleep the next spot though is your brainstem after that though the brainstem tells the hypothalamus to, re- to start producing GABA which acts as reduce the activity of arousal centers in the hypothalamus and the brainstem because if this didn't happen how would you even start relaxing you need these chemical neurotransmitters to help you start relax. Alright, without boring you too much though, then your thalamus and your cerebral cortex, they start slowing down their processes of interpretation and stop interpreting information and sending it to you so that you can start relaxing a little bit more. You know, those little quick sensories of hearing noises and thinking about things that happen during the day, it starts to quiet down just a little bit. And without boring you too much more, the last gland I'm going to talk about is the pineal gland. And it's important because it releases melatonin. And melatonin helps you stay asleep, okay? So without melatonin, you really couldn't get into a good circadian rhythm. And people that have damage to their pineal gland have to take supplement melatonin to help them sleep. 
So melatonin is kind of one of those good chemicals you want to release to help you sleep. But all this is so important because if your body didn't sleep, you couldn't rejuvenate all of these problems that happen during the day. Your body starts catalyzing all these issues as far as stressors that have happened on your body during the day so that you can recover and tackle the new day. So that's why you need this sleep overall though, so you can start rejuvenating and get ready for the next day. Well, the next step though is kind of talking about stages of sleep. So we kind of all heard of that there's multiple stages of sleep. There's three non-REM stages and then there's REM sleep. And REM sleep is that rapid eye movement people talk about, seeing the eyes move rapidly back and forth, the dreaming state. So stage one is kind of just a very light stage of sleep. You're just barely getting into the sleeping stages that your body starts normally getting tired. Stage two is just a little bit more tired sleep. You're starting to become less arousable. Um, the body's not really interacting and hearing as many things as it would in stage one. It's starting to slip more towards that stage three, which is where we want to actually get. Because stage three is where you start getting to deep sleep. And we don't get enough of stage three because this is actually where you start recovering is stage three. Some people thought it was more the REM sleep that was very important, but people actually found that there's more recovery happening in stage three because, for one, you're in stage three longer throughout the night. You want to get to stage three because stage three is the most important part to your sleep. Finally, rapid eye movement sleep. REM sleep is the one that you definitely hear about more than the other stages of sleep because this is where you start dreaming. Yep, so once you get to REM sleep, which is only about 90 minutes on average for most people, they're like, wow, I feel like I only, I slept eight hours, but I only remember two hours of it. Well, because REM sleep was only probably about two hours of it. So this is where everything starts slowing down in the body and even your body starts producing paralytic properties so that you aren't moving your arms and legs during sleep to wake you up. And more importantly, not acting out your dreams because who hasn't had a night terror where you're running away from somebody or falling and then you wake up real fast? Well, hopefully now you're not running around actually after you start sleeping. So let's start talking about some disorders actually some people have while sleeping. I think the most popular one that kind of gets tossed around is probably sleep apnea because I'm starting to see it more even in the health field. People are having increased in the amounts of the CPAPs and BiPAPs. And these machines help up quit the obstructions that people are having while they're sleeping so that they can breathe better and more efficiently while they're sleeping. Whether it's a central component, meaning the brain's not stimulating to breathe, or it's just an obstructive component, which means that the airway musculature and the chest musculature is just relaxing too much and you aren't over, able to overcome it while you're sleeping. People will usually notice this because they're either snoring or they'll even completely stop breathing when they are sleeping. And you might have to nudge your partner and be like, hey, what are you doing? And then they wake up and they start breathing again. But you can't get really good, efficient sleep if you're constantly waking up because you stop breathing or what you call apneic. Another one that people might have heard of is narcolepsy, which narcolepsy is your body's unable to maintain staying awake or even having some trouble sleeping all the time or when you're trying to get a good night's sleep, you can't. So it's just erratic sleeping patterns, even during the day. And it's kind of still unknown what really causes it overall, but a lot of people postulate that it's more the hypocretin 
that's low as a neurochemical in the brain, which kind of helps regulate wakefulness and in REM sleep. Another important one to talk about is teeth grinding or bruxum. So what is this? It's pretty much where you're constantly grinding your teeth while you're sleeping. And this has more hefts might be related to anxiety, kind of like with restless leg syndrome. Um, it's just another component of the overall category, but it's still singular as a problem for a lot of people because it's a symptom that people can exhibit singularly without other ones with it. So a good way to fix this is a mouth guard. You can either buy a normal one or obviously your dentist can supply one if you see the dentist, but it's important to fix that because overall you're grinding away all that dental work and you gonna really ruin your teeth if you don't fix it early on. So what happens if you don't actually sleep? Well, nothing good, I can tell you that. So the first part is sleep deprivation. So you're having increased stressors and inflammatory processes in the body, which increases incidences of cardiovascular disease, such as coronary artery disease, hypertension, arrhythmias, congestive heart failure, it also increases obesity and diabetes, and your overall delirium and cognitive cognitive awareness is decreased. And I know a lot of people that don't get a good night's sleep and they start driving. And that is the most terrible thing you could do because you're so much more likely to get in an accident because you're unable to think and predict your driving capabilities when you're so tired. And this is pretty serious, folks, because you are actually decreasing your life expectancy by chunks, by chunks, by chunks, if you're not getting your sleep. So, first of all, get your sleep. Second of all, get your sleep. And third of all, get enough sleep, okay? Stop trying to stay up all night, whether it's because you want to grind out something just a little bit more, or you're working two jobs, or there's something else bothering you fix it okay you gotta get your sleep so how would you get better sleep there's quite a few things you can do to help yourself get better sleep and the first one is to avoid caffeine especially late at night you don't want to be drinking a ton of products with caffeine in it right before you're either going to bed or even a few hours before bed because it's going to really stimulate your brain and other bodily processes to not get into your normal circadian rhythm so next of all, you don't want to exercise so late, but you still want to exercise daily. This is so good for your body, just normal exercise alone, but it also gets your body more relaxed, takes out all that extra energy that you have. Because I mean, if you're working a nine to five job and it's more sedentary than others, then you're going to have all this pent up energy. I mean, you're still eating calories, you're still producing all this other bodily byproduct you need to get it off and exercising daily helps with that but you don't want to work late at night because if you start waking working out late at night you're going to really start revving up the body your body's going to start producing that flight or fight response we all know as a sympathetic nervous system does and it's going to make it harder to fall asleep so get the morning workout and not the evening one but if it is the evening one make sure it's at least a few four hours before it's even bedtime Next is making a relaxing routine before bed. Whether that's turning off the TVs, listening some quiet, nice music, reading a good book before bed, 
you want to get yourself into a comfortable position. You don't want to be stressing and writing and doing all these things that are going to make you more anxious or cause you to have more stress. You want to do things that are less stressful. So pick a book up, get a nice relaxing show. Don't watch an action movie right before bed. Get yourself nice and quiet, relaxed, okay? Next, don't just lie in bed if you're not tired. That's a lot of things I hear from people is they just lie in bed and wait to fall asleep. And sometimes they just sit there staring at the ceiling for hours. You don't want to do that, okay? So pick an activity that's still pretty relaxing and quiet, whether it's just writing a normal, nice article or just looking at a good book. But you don't want to do anything that's too stimulating, but enough stimulating to where you get whatever activity you need to get and then you can go back to bed. Next, make sure your room is designed for you to sleep. If you got lots of lighting, if your TV's blaring, if it's too loud because you can hear things going on, try to make it quieter, softer environment that helps and promotes sleeping. Because if it doesn't promote sleeping, how are you going to go to sleep if you have TV blaring, you got too many lights on from your phone or charger lights that are kind of in your face or even outside light that's coming in through the window. Maybe you're a night shift person. Gotta get those blackout shades. I'm telling you, those do work. But make sure you're promoting a good environment. Finally, it's pretty simple. Just talk to your doctor if you're having problems sleeping. Explain him what's going on. He's probably going to tell you the few things I just told you to try first, but make sure you at least talk to him. Maybe there's things else going on in your life that are outside those factors, and you might just need a little help getting to sleep. Who knows? It could even be a little bit of an OSA factor. Maybe you need a CPAP or a sleep study, something to help you sleep. So just talk to your doctor about maybe you're having some trouble sleeping and see what kind of ideas he can come up with you about your special problem. All right, folks, I got some good numbers for you here, okay? This is how many hours of sleep you should be getting, okay? So if you have a newborn in the house, they need to be sleeping 12 to 18 hours. So they need to be sleeping most of the day. That is a lot of hours to be sleeping, but hey, they need it, right? They got to grow. They're doing a lot of things going on as soon as they're born. Newborns need lots of sleep. So let them sleep. You don't have to pick them up all the time. Let them sleep. Toddlers, your toddler needs about 12 to 14 hours. So make sure they get their naps, get them sleeping, and make sure they stay sleeping. Young children, eh, they need anywhere from 10 to 13 hours. So again, still need a lot more sleep than an adult would. Teenagers, they need about 8.5 to 9.5. It's because they're still growing. There's still a lot of metabolic processes that are happening. So their body needs more sleep. So if your teenager's sleeping in just a little bit, let them. Don't let them oversleep, but definitely let them sleep more than you think, okay? 8.5 to 9.4, 9.5, 9.5 hours. And finally, adults, they need seven to nine hours. So everybody says eight hours, it is the median of that, but you need about seven to nine hours. And that is to get through all your sleep cycles, and that is to get in the REM sleep and even hit stage three for long enough for your body to get all the benefits from sleeping and finally all right here we go who needs more sleep men or women what do you think well the answer is according to a british sleep expert dr jim horn women do need more sleep than their counterpart men but disappointment it's not by very much it's only 20 minutes i don't know how they got such a little number 
but on average women do need more sleep than men so women take your time sleeping okay get that extra 20 minutes because you deserve it well that's it folks you're all sleep experts now okay so go out there and share the knowledge get your seven to nine hours of sleep and get your good sleep okay do all the tips i told you about making sure you get a good sleep you got questions hit me up on all the social media platforms and stay addicted to your health okay this is tommy j signing out for you on health addicts